Welcome to the Sports Gods Pick Show. Got Ace, Ant, and Malik. What's up? This is April 8th, coming to you at damn near midnight. And we are going to start out with the NCAA championship game. The most underwhelming title game I've seen probably since the last time Gonzaga made it and got blown out, which would have been 2017. When I actually thought they were going to win because they got they had uh, Przemek Karnowski, and this time they had more NBA talent with Drew Timmy and Jalen Suggs, but they just got manhandled by a much smaller team, but a much stronger team. Because Baylor did whatever they wanted, and it wasn't even close from the beginning because they were up eleven to one after the first like three minutes, and by about halftime, I was like, "Ooh, this ain't it," and just kind of cut it off. But it was interesting to see. I guess Gonzaga kind of be like a blue blood, but I really wanted to see them get that undefeated season, especially after that, like the the final four game was wild and getting there. But the way that Baylor handled Houston as good as Houston had been, I knew it wasn't going to go well. Did anybody all check it out? Shout out to Baylor. No, I I did. I watched watched most of the first half, and then I caught a little bit of the second half before I just lost interest. But um, shout out to Baylor. Because I, unlike you, Ace, I didn't want to see an undefeated season. Oh, you hate not, perfection? No, not because, not because I hate perfection and not because I hate Gonzaga. Like, I don't really care who does it. I just didn't want it to happen during the COVID year. I felt like the COVID year, what, the, the COVID year is such an outlier. Mm. Um, there's so many variables in that came into place that to me, to have an undefeated season in this year although it's a great accomplishment because obviously you had to deal with it, you know, you, in some ways it felt a little bit un, unfulfilled. I won't say like, you know, because a lot of teams weren't involved. A lot of teams didn't play the same number of games. So you know, well, the last was, team that got this close was Memphis. Right. Um, well, no, didn't uh, Kentucky, no. didn't Kentucky's kids. Kentucky like got 33. They got to the Elite Eight. Elite but, Eight, yeah. But Memphis got to the title game undefeated yeah. with Derrick Rose and Chris Douglas Roberts. And Chris right, Rose. right, 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 right. That's what so, I mean by this far. Like, they were in the yeah. title game. They, they had yeah. a lead for a second. Yeah. So, you know, I was – I like I said, I, I, at some point in time, you, you want it to happen. Um, it'll be interesting to see it happen. I don't have a problem if Gonzaga – if Gonzaga had done it, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But just because of the the way that the season went, I felt like yeah. it would just be a little bit unfulfilled if they did it. So uh, happy, but happy for Baylor too. Um, there is a reason why they were a one seed. They had been a really good team all year. Yeah. And, you know, despite all the conversation about Gonzaga, Baylor had the best backcourt in the, and I think I even said this when we first started, that mm-hmm. Baylor was, was, was touted for having the best backcourt in the NCAA. Yeah. And, you know, Suggs is a great guard, but those two guards for Baylor, and they can shoot. They can all shoot. So it was like what's crazy is Suggs is still expected to be a top four pick over those. Oh yeah, and he should. What's this guy that he he started? Three of the guys that were on Baylor transferred from other schools. I found out. So Davion transferred from Auburn. Can't remember his last name. They kept saying his first name, and then one guy transferred from Presbyterian, and then another guy transferred from some other low major school. 
which is crazy. This coach has built his team with all transfers, and then they won the national championship. Right. Scott Drew, and it's just wild that everybody thought, you know, he was a mediocre coach, and now he's got a national championship. Yeah, it just shows. I mean, you you, you put a you put a good squad together, um, and yeah. <clears throat> you know, sky's the limit. And that that's that's the like I said, the smart thing was, um, the team was long and athletic, and their guard play was good, and they were shooting. And the reality, and I, I think somebody somebody on um, I think it was not it was Seth Greenberg was breaking down the game before, before the game, he was talking about, um, and this is, this is just a cool tidbit, you know, for you guys listening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Seth Greenberg had highlighted middle ball screens. He, he highlighted that as a, as a, as a big piece of both teams offense. And he said, whoever wins the battle of those of middle ball screens. So anytime the ball entered the middle of, you know, the, the painted area or right above the painted area, right above the free throw line, you know, watch the action uh, in that watch how, how involved both teams are and watch the shots that either Gonzaga is able to pull off or Baylor was able to pull off coming out of those, coming out of those sets. And because he mentioned that when I watched the game, I watched it and, paid attention to how that, how that played out. And it just, it was, it was illuminating to see that kind of play out exactly the way Seth Greenberg had, had said it would, you know, and to see like, yeah, these guys really know what they're talking about because they're watching it and they're making their, they're making their predictions, but they're also, you know, they're observing it in a way that allows you to break down the game. So listen to you, listen to your, listen to your old coaches. Uh, they, they know what they're talking about. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, Cause he was, dead on with what he expected to see out of both teams. He did expect Gonzaga to win. And I think he picked them to win because he expected that they would, you know, defend better and shoot better. Um, and so, but he wasn't surprised when Baylor did uh, pull it out and neither was I. I would say the figures, the physically stronger team won because they were moving Drew Timmy around easy. And the interesting part is they didn't have anyone nearly as tall as him. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the size on the side. And usually in college that will win it for you. And as I was talking about earlier, when DeAndre Ayton lost in the first round of his only year at Arizona, and now that, you know, because I was talking about them firing um, their coach about time for all the shady stuff that he was doing, but he lost too many games. And you lose with DeAndre Ayton, and it's like, how's that possible? But mm-hmm. Drew Timmy, obviously not as strong, more skilled, but I was surprised because he dropped 25 in the Final Four game, and he did not get it done against Baylor at all. They they gave him what's what and Jalen Suggs just you know never got going so I'm not surprised yeah the speed on Baylor was just it was just tremendous you know like pace of the one thing I have noticed is the coaches that play with a higher pace do tend to win more in college and this slow it down ball like UCLA likes to play oh my god I'm not here for it that that Final Four game turned out well but um we were not expecting it to be that good I'm, I'm gonna keep it a hundred like. That 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 fifty one forty nine game they played against Michigan, I was cheering for Michigan Hawks. I was like, I do not want to see more of this. <laughs> but because the well, game I against Gonzaga was way above what they usually do, UCLA kind of had to they 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 had to make do because they were playing at a level that was above their board for a lot of a lot of that tournament, um, you know. And so they 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 schemed their way to the Final Four. So you know, shout yeah. out to them for for getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Mick Cronin and that mediocre style of basketball you love to play. <laughs> but anytime you see a college team that plays man like Gonzaga switch the zone, you know they're in trouble. They're in trouble. Yeah, exactly. So when that happened, I was like, oh, this is all over. 
they don't even coach don't even know what to call. Like he adjusted and they adjusted back, and I was like, yeah, they're not gonna lose this one. It's not. It's not gonna be close. <laughs> um, exactly. And how is everybody down there in Texas celebrating? Any, any San Antonio peeps from uh, Baylor? Well, I heard them out the window, but that's about it. I don't really get out that much, but <laughs> they're definitely celebrating down here. But I, I'm definitely celebrating myself because I didn't, unlike Malik, I'm a kind of a hater of the perfect season type of thing. Uh, never want, and do not want it unless it's my team. I don't and mind in see, college because I don't, my school's never going to go undefeated. I don't know if they'll ever have a regular undefeated season. University of Buffalo is not that good. I just want them to make an Elite Eight. That's, that's, I think, the, the best that they can do. Sweet 16, Elite Eight, I'll take it. The women did it once. I need the guys to step up and do that. Yeah, you never know. They might actually happen. Uh, the you fact don't believe Houston, in your team that much? Um, listen, to get to that level, you need, <laughs> I'm going to keep it 100. You need high-level NBA talent. You need, you, need NBA, you need one NBA player or you need high-level guys that are, like, very close to making it. And yeah. the two best players that have ever played for our school were there at the same time, and Nick Perkins and uh, – CJ Massenberg and Massenberg right now is in the G League and Nick Perkins is playing overseas in like Japan or Turkey. So he's a high level, you know, European player, but like we couldn't get past Kentucky after we beat DeAndre Ayton. So the fact that they beat Arizona as a 12 seed is impressive. And then the next year they were like a five seed and they won one game and then they lost in the second round just to a due, due to a bad draw in 2019. And, and the last time the real, the real tournament happened. It just shows you how hard it is actually to recruit against those bigger programs. And also to play your style of basketball. Like when Leola Chicago won and like won handily and got to the final four, like I was kind of amazed. But then it also shows you when Butler went twice back to back, you got to remember they had, um, they have a NBA all-star on their team. A guy was at two max contracts and Gordon Hayward. And Gordon Hayward, yeah. It's not an accident. And the yeah. other two guys on this team were Shelvin Mack, who had a seven or eight year NBA career, and their six foot seven center was just getting it done all day, every day. So, you know, you need you need some talent. Like there's gonna be three six of the players who played in the championship game are gonna be in the NBA. We'll see them playing on Fridays and on Saturdays on ESPN getting talked about by, you know, Jalen Rose and other people and having Barkley talk about how trash they are. <laughs> um, we know Paul Pierce won't be talking about them. That's all we know. <laughs> a lot of people. The club. He did it to himself. It's like he absolutely it's, did. It's like he wanted to quit without quitting. He was like, "I'm good. I'm just gonna throw this up, and they're gonna have to let me go." Yeah, I, I, my my question about it was like, was he not supposed to? Was he was he was it his day off? Like, was he supposed to be at work and he was at the strip club? And that's why you got fired? Or did but you just get fired thing. because you were at the strip club on your day off? He wasn't at the club. It was it was more of an order-in situation. Like, oh, at someone's okay. house. Okay, so he was, even, he was even abiding by rules and being safe. Well, the weird part to me is, well, I don't know, because I guess his bubble has expanded to people who dance, uh, you know, for money. As long as which, they're checked out. Uh, did you, you get know? COVID tested? Then I don't see a reason why you can't come over my house and, you know, and work. Listen, These and are working also, women. You I don't can understand tell, this. Yeah, you can tell it's not a serious card game because usually you don't have people twerking behind you as you're like, should I call that bet? You know, like, this is exactly, this is exactly a high-level stakes uh, no-limit hold'em game they're playing here. Maybe he's trying to set up so he can get unemployment or something. You never know. I would unemployment, sue, yeah. I, that's I, that's I would the sue, play. I would sue for my job, people. I was... I was 
I was supporting the economy. I don't understand what the problem is here. He was helping his stimulus check out, you know. I was <laughs> the one thing that nobody mentioned. I was like, ain't he? I was like, ain't he married though? Like, what's what's going on with him? And what like, that got to do with anything? I was supporting the economy. Like I was supporting the economy. Maybe his wife was cool with it. Maybe his wife was yeah. filming it. You never know. Fair enough. She I, I would like to the, the the what the percentage of men that go to strip clubs, the percentage of married men that go to strip clubs. I mean, mm-hmm. the, I'd I'd like to know what that number is because I'm sure that that number is 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 you know I'm sure it's over fifty percent. Well, you can do that high. You can do that high-level research at your your alma mater of uh, Hunter College. I, I bet they need that done in the sociology program there. The sociology department could use that. I do a whole <laughs> I do a whole class around it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Moving on to our next topic, the NBA buyout market. And I wanted to get Anthony's opinion on this because he had a lot to say in our Facebook group about how unfair this was that the Nets and the rich kept getting richer and the Lakers and everybody but the Knicks picking up somebody that's quality. Look, I'm just tired of it. I mean, come on now. What are you going to hear next? Mr. Magoo decided to take a buyout and go with the Brooklyn Nets? Come on now. It's like, it it doesn't make no sense. It's like almost, they need to do something to stop this. I'm like, come on now. It happens all the time, every single year. Like, come on, y'all guys got to be upset at this. It, It just makes the rich get richer. Other teams just, you know, just staying on the bottom. What do y'all think about it, though? I've never had a problem. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, the reality of the situation is these guys are giving up. The buyout market, the way way it's structured, right? These are guys who, for lack of a better term, are not playing to the level of their contract. They're not playing – they're either not playing to the level of their contract – or they are no longer, you know, worth to the team that they signed. They are no longer worth the money that that team is paying them. And the team is ready to go into a different direction. So as a result, they negotiate a buyout of their contract, which makes them a free agent and allows them to go wherever they want to go. They are free agents. Yes, if they, they want to play. They to gravitate towards the team if, and give if, them a ring. Well, if they want to go to a team, like you got, if you're a free agent in a, in a season that ends in three months, you're a free agent. You can go anywhere you want. And you, you know, have three months to get it done, basically. Do you want to go play for the Sacramento Kings? Like, like honestly, do you want to go play for the Detroit Pistons? Like, no, nobody wants to go. I mean, if that's if the only thing. If those teams had a chance to win, then if, yeah, they'd go play for them. Right, and and if if those are the only options that you have, then yeah, sure, maybe you go sign a deal with sign a deal with them. But if the Lakers call you and say, "Yeah, we'd like for you to come and play with us," what's the problem? He's a free agent. They're free agents. They're allowed to go where they want to go. And and again, they're not wanted. That this whole point is that there's a reason why they're free agents. Is because at this point in the season, the teams that they were on didn't want them anymore, and negotiated a buyout of their deal. To take of course, because those teams ain't going to go nowhere. Of course, they're going to buy out. It saves them money. Well, well actually, Sans, go ahead. What I'd like to say is the Marcus Aldridge one is kind of blown out of proportion because no one has talked about Marcus Aldridge being anywhere near an All Star for like four years. Right. Okay. Before coronavirus happened, the 2018-2019 season, where the Toronto Raptors won, the Spurs barely made the playoffs. Okay. DeRozan went there. Aldridge is already there. They're like, they're going to pair him with Aldridge. Let's see what they can do. Aldridge did nothing. 
shouldn't say nothing. He underperformed for what they paid him for. When he originally right. went there, they thought they were going to win a title with him. Maybe him, Kawhi, and Tim Duncan on their way out. Never came close. I think they didn't even get past the, they didn't even get to the Western Conference Finals with him there once, which is interesting because had he stayed in Portland, as good as Dame was playing, he probably would have gotten to the NBA Finals. And that's the interesting part to me. But him getting bought out is less interesting than everybody making less of a big deal about Andre Drummond because all he can do is rebound. And for some reason, they don't understand Andre Drummond is a high-level role player. He is uh, he's a, he's a bigger version of Rodman. He's going to guard not every guy on the floor, but he's an elite defender who's going to grab you 17 rebounds a game, which is useful in the NBA playoffs when the Clippers have Zubak and now they have DeMarcus Cousins on a 10-day contract. Those guys are going to be much more impactful than Blake Griffin on the Nets because Blake is not going to touch the ball when Kevin Durant comes back and Kyrie's playing and Harden's playing. If all five of those guys are actually playing on the court at the same time, I'd be shocked. But just think about this, though. They, these guys like Blake Griffin and whatever like that, they basically like really extremely good versions of role players. They can come off the bench, give you a couple of minutes, you know, solid minutes, they're not going to screw up the game and then go okay. right back down, sit down. There's no difference between those guys on that team than Doc Rivers on the 94 Knicks. Or a even better example, all the veterans that went to go play with uh, Hakeem Olajuwon in 1995 to go win a title with the Rockets. Or Drexler's and stuff like exactly. that. Or when Carl Malone and Gary Payton went to go sign to go play for the Lakers in 2003. Oh, don't and talk about that. Win. That's horrible. No, but they didn't win. Everybody who's listening to this podcast right now knows about that team. And they, they went to they, the end, and I think obviously it was the, and the, the 76 tore them up, right? No, they lost to Detroit. They lost to Detroit. Detroit. Oh, it was Detroit, Detroit. Yeah, you're and right. Everybody and their grandmother was on that team, and they could not get it done. They had one of the all-time leading scorers. They had Shaq, Kobe, and Carmelo Malone on one team and could not make it work. You know, so it is. sometimes it is what it is. Sometimes you run out of gas. Sometimes you can't get it done. That shocked me. So just because they have all this talent on the team doesn't mean they're going to make it work. I'm still not sure if they're even going to be healthy to make that push. But the only team that I'm shocked that didn't get a top-level buyout candidate was um, Phoenix. Not that they needed one, but I'm surprised they didn't add a Aldridge or somebody else who just wanted to go to warmer weather and take it easy and try to win. For some reason, nobody sees Phoenix as being able to do it. Was they trying to pursue anybody? Or? I think they were they were actively pursuing. They were trying to get another. Um, they were trying to get another wing defender, but that was about it. Yeah, they may not have been actively pursuing anybody in the buyout market. Maybe they pursued a couple of trades. Um, but yeah, I mean, but yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about like these guys are really good role players who are willing to take, you know, less money, uh, less than their market value, because they negotiated a buyout. <laughs> to to become free agents, so they just had to take less than their market value in order to, uh, you know, have an opportunity to win a championship. And to players, you know, whose entire dream is, you know, hoisting that trophy, that 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 Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season. Like this is something that they, <clears throat> this is something that they completely buy into. I mean, if you think about it, like Blake Griffin left something like thirteen million dollars on the table, like he yeah. left thirteen million of his contract. So he's literally buying. He's trying to buy his way to a championship in any possible way he can. For $13 million. That's how much the title is worth. He paid Detroit $13 million to get out of the contract with them so that he could go try to win a championship. 
I say let that man try his let that man try his business because ain't ain't a damn thing I'm paying thirteen million dollars for nothing. I don't care how much money oh, I'm making. <laughs> I'm not paying thirteen million dollars to try to win a championship. I'm sorry, it's just not happening. I think I'm just old school. I think I'm just old school. I just feel like it's just a cop out to me. Like you know, ESPN didn't used to report on this back in the late nineties. There are guys who got right. bought out of their contracts. John Sally went to go play with the 96 Bulls. Nobody cared about that. This is a guy that won two titles with Detroit in his prime. He went and played on the 99 uh, Lakers. Right. For some reason, it didn't matter when he did it, but now all of a sudden, LaMarcus Aldridge is the game changer? Word? Then where was John Sally it's, getting all his credit it, back in 99? I think, he, I think he's more, more press on it. That's the reason why. Right. And it's the names. I mean, it's, it's the names. It, the, names make, the names make it, you know, make it more... more more interesting and more prevalent. I mean, here's the guy, yeah. you know, Andre Drummond, <clears throat> if he's a he's, star, if he isn't a star, a call, him what, he, call him what he wants. But Andre Drummond was making 20, right. But, and he was making $28 million. Like he, he, he gave was, up 700 he grand though. Gave up, he gave up, he gave up money to do it, but he was, you know, these, these names that, that are hitting this buyout market nowadays are more, you know, accomplished names than the names that would normally be there, you know, um, and so that's the reason why it becomes a, oh, what are they doing? Because nobody would care if, you know, the, the person leaving the Pistons was like, you know, some, some backup point guard. Like if a I backup point guard, like if a backup point guard for the Pistons, you know, bought out his contract and went and signed with the Lakers, nobody would care. But because it's Blake Griffin, because it's the name, it's the name value of Blake Griffin, the name value of Andre Drummond, the name value of uh, <clears throat> LaMarcus Aldridge. That's what makes sense. Look, my only star quotes in there. Right, right. Look, my only issue, um, my only issue with Mm. this is that the buyout market represents a point in time. It's a snapshot in the NBA where a player is willing to take less than his market value Mm -hmm. to go and play for something that obviously he deems is bigger than bigger than the bigger than the dollars yeah but he if if to me it's andre drummond would is not a minimum level player in terms of not a minimum salary player and so to me andre drummond signing for the minimum mm -hmm. means that the lakers don't have to sign somebody who actually is a minimum salary player they can sign Andre Drummond and just convince him to sign for the minimum. And now you get the talent of a high level player for a, for a cheap value. And in three months when Andre Drummond hits free agency, there's no way on earth that he's going to sign for the minimum with the next team, you know? So he's, you lower your value in order to, in order to, in order to, 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 to make out and get something else. But what you're doing is you're taking away an opportunity from somebody else who could come in there and actually play and, you know, hopefully and play mm-hmm. for that minimum. And, you know, you're skewing the market. You know, I was about to ask about that too. A team like, like the Knicks, a, a team like a team like the Knicks. And, and, uh-huh. I, and I hate that we always go back to the Knicks because we are, we are all Knicks fans, but a team like the Knicks that has $15 million of available um, salary cap space are sitting there that team should be the team that's capable of signing a player like Andre Drummond. They should have offered him ten million dollars for the rest of the season. Right. If they wanted to, they should be able to do that. And they should be the only and it should be So why didn't they? I don't know if they didn't I don't know what they offered. I don't know if they didn't order for anything. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But what I'm saying is in a true open market, 
it's not a true open market if the play if if the mm-hmm. if the player is lowering his value so that he can specifically go to a team and it's not a true open marketplace well, it's not really free agent he's a free agent he can go where he wants well isn't that what people complained about with lebron going down to miami because lebron didn't max out his contract to go down there him and chris bosh took less right. money and Dwayne wade was already on the team so he got paid the most Right, but and they, that's but what they, the older NBA heads were like. What's going on? You're supposed to make as much as you can. Exactly. Can and and I and I, and I get too. that. Right, I get that. That's the piece of it. Like that's the piece I get. I do understand that if players are looking at it and saying, "Damn, this is messed up," you know, I'm sitting here and I'm not making. I'm you know I'm I'm a I'm a fledgling level player. I'm you know doing my time in the G League and you know may, maybe hopefully there's a roster spot available for me. And you look at the team like the Lakers who have who are a top heavy team with all this money invested in LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder and all of these players that they have on their squad. Mm-hmm. And you look at it and say, well maybe there is an opportunity for me to try out for that team and make that squad and make the minimum salary. And that guy is not going to get a chance. Why? Because Andre Drummond hit the market. And when he hit the market, he took. 700 grand to go play with the Lakers. And now me, Joe Schmo guy who can't, I can't, I can't get an opportunity. I can't sign with the Lakers. I can't be, be there because Andre Drummond, you know, basically, basically made, played the okie doke and came in, came in on, came in and basically, you know, took up the market. And if, and if I'm a team like the Knicks, I can't even play in that field because I'm, no, I have the can. money. Can, I can, can. I can afford, afford it. You could say, you I can know afford what? to overpay, but he's not. You coming. can come and make the playoffs in the East and go further with us, and you might be able to stay on next year. We'll pay you seven million for the rest of the season. They're only right. going to offer you one point two. What do you right. want to do? Right. And maybe that's what happened. He was like, I would just go to a team that I want to win the championship with. He was like, I don't know, man. I want to play with Bron. And I'm gonna go out west. Exactly. But exactly. also, Cleveland decided to tank because Cleveland didn't buy out Kevin Love either. And I find it interesting that they said, we're going to keep Kevin Love, but we're going to buy out this guy who's going to come off of our books at the end of this season anyway. So right. meaning Cleveland's going to have $27 million in cap space, which right. is what they were paying him, which is when they – that's the whole reason why they traded for Andre Drummond is so that they could have him in love and then see what Colin Sexton and Darius Garland could do because it made perfect sense because Andre Drummond's only 27 years old. He'll be 28, I think, sometime next fall. What's wild to me is that Kevin Love is 32. They didn't buy out the older guy who has two years left on his contract. That made more sense because Love is more hurt. They sat down a healthy Andre Drummond, and then everybody's like, that was when Draymond Green was like, these guys got to be professional, and teams can just bench you and not say anything, and you just got to sit there and take it. I don't understand them buying out him. Everyone else who got bought out, Blake Griffin had it dunked in two years. Then all of a sudden he gets to the Nets and he catches the oop. That's when I was like, Detroit fans should be upset. Because that means he still could have done it. And Detroit's just like, listen, we're gonna, we're, this is a race to the bottom. We got to be terrible so we get the number one overall pick. So we get this um, dude Evans out of USC or maybe Jalen Suggs or maybe that dude from Baylor. Who knows? We got to make something happen because this ain't it. Our last two first-round picks is kind of not doing it. Then boy and the other dude ain't working. We got Jeremy Grant. We're going to pay him a bunch, and we'll see what we could do. Cleveland is just yeah. tanking just to tank. So I don't know what's going on because they already got a point guard and a shooting guard. So I don't even know who they're going to draft. Yeah, the teams the teams clearly have a plan, and that and that's and that's fine, right? The teams the teams have a plan. The players have a plan. Mm-hmm. Their plan is to keep drafting. That's right. their plan. Get lucky. But to me, it's like when you lower your market value. When you lower your market value to a level that you would never accept in a regular in a regular free free market system, you're showing that 
you, first off, you value, you know, you value the championship over, or you value the opportunity to win a championship over your dollars, which again is fine, but you're taking away an opportunity from a guy who legitimately, to me, the Lakers should have to, by spending all of that money in, in, you know, on LeBron and on, on AD, the Lakers should have to make do with the money that they have with a player that they can, that they can evaluate at that, at that, at that number. We have a million dollars. Who can we get for a million dollars? You know, rather than being like, all right, no problem. Or they should have to. So they negotiate. should have to go trade for like Hassan. Right. They should have to negotiate with the team and make trades instead of saying, nope, we're good. We'll just wait until that $27 million guy that you have sitting, that you have, you know, riding a bench on your roster until you buy him out because Cleveland can't, you know, we, if, if, if Cleveland knows that the Lakers want, Lakers want Drummond, right? Mm-hmm. But Cleveland can't call the Lakers to, to say, hey, can we go, go negotiate a trade for Drummond? So the Lakers get to say, nope, we'll just wait until you are so, you know, desperate to get rid of him that you, that you, that you jettison him off. And then we'll use this little bit of money that we have in our, in our, in our you know, in our um, cap to bring him in instead of negotiating a trade, instead of, you know, figuring out that. So you have a player in, in Andre Drummond or a player in Blake Griffin who you can't trade because the Brooklyn Nets won't do the deal with you because they know that they just have to wait an extra week and that's it. And that's the piece that bothers me a little bit about it is that these, these contending teams who have these top heavy franchises, top heavy Mm -hmm. budgets, they don't have to play in the same market that a team like the Knicks has to play in because the Knicks have all this Mm -hmm. money, but the Knicks, but, but, but these players aren't coming to the Knicks because the Knicks aren't very, aren't, aren't good enough. So in order for the Knicks to get Andre Drummond, they would have had to make a trade. You yeah. would have to either overpay or they would have to make a trade, right? And so now you're having to trade $28 million of salary to a team. So you got to give up some of your young talent to get Andre Drummond on your squad because you can't wait for the buyout market because he's not coming to you if, you, if that happens. So it's, 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 you know, it sucks for some. It's great for the players. It sucks for some. That's why I can't vote to change it because honestly, you know, if you, if you, if you, if you change it, it just becomes good for somebody else and sucks for them. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like somebody's always on the outside. It's always going to be an advantage to some team. Yeah. The one thing that's kind of yeah. messed up when you was just mentioning about the, um, the guy they would have got maybe from the G league or something like that. You never know. That guy could have turned out to be a hidden gem, but we'll never know because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. he's stuck in a G league and he can't get, he can't get into the Lakers. I'll say this. I don't know too much about, they always talk about this hidden gem kind of thing. Hidden gem is someone like Kawhi Leonard. Who's like, a low first-round draft pick, or amazingly, a guy who gets drafted in the second round and then turns out to be an NBA starter or a quality player. Because that rarely happens anymore. Even guys who are foreign overseas dudes who are kind of highly rated come to the league their first year or two, they may or may not hit. Killian Hayes, who was expected to be a great rookie, is kind of having a so-so year. Emmanuel quickly for the Knicks is outplaying him tremendously. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyrese Halliburton well, yeah. is out playing. Hayes just came off of injury. Hayes but was Hayes, for a long time. But Hayes got drafted before them. Yeah, yeah. And I get that he's coming back from an injury, so you know I get it. It's his first year; he's adjusting. But like, there's a big like these guys coming in younger and younger isn't really helping the game in terms of like their team being good right away. Because it's interesting. As much as we like to talk about these guys coming in younger, Iverson played. Iverson played two years of college ball, came in, crushed it. Same thing kind of with Blake Griffin, except he had to sit his first year because he hurt his knee. 
I think the one or two years in, in college or whatever, like playing before you get to the pros, it just gives you a chance to get stronger because you're not the strongest you can be at 20 years old as opposed to even 25 or 26 or 27. Like very few people are rarely that ready at like 19 or 20. Yeah. So I'm not expecting much out of these rookies anymore because I've been disappointed by so many of them. And I'm, I'm, I get it. Go get paid. If college would let them get paid or if there was a pro league that you could go into at 18 before the NBA so that you could be ready, when you got into the NBA, it'd be different because NBA rookies just don't make the impact that they used to. You know, the Zions and the John Morans are kind of rare. Very. But, um, it, it, you know, that's why people like Carmelo Anthony are kind of underrated. He was never a great defender, but, man, this guy could still get buckets. And he came in right away and was, you know, got Denver to the playoffs in two seasons, scoring 20 points a game off of one year in college at 19 years mm-hmm. old. So it is so what, what I, it is. What uh, I mean by um, hitting gems, though, I'm talking about, like, say – for example, like a um, long time ago, who's that guy on the fences? Um, ben Wallace. Gotcha. Okay. He was he was basically a nobody, and he basically he basically got built up from scratch. Second round be, pick. Yeah. Right. He basically got built up from scratch. And so you know, the hitting gems like that, you know, they can put him in the organization, develop him, knows what he's good at, stuff like that. But things like that don't happen no more, especially with this type of um going with the, with the, with these teams. Nice. I think people complain about it more in the NBA because it feels more top-heavy, but I think a similar thing happens in the NFL because if you can get all these free agents on one team, as we saw with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you can win a Super Bowl. You can build a super team in the NFL. It's just that nobody expects super teams to work until they do like they did with the Rams when they got to the Super Bowl. They ended up losing to the Pats, but that was a super team. Have, you know, they had a Dominic and Sue. They had they traded for, you know, uh, a number one receiver. They traded for a number one corner. They traded for a lot of defensive players. But the thing is that the um the Bucks are uh, kinda of, almost a kind of an enigma a little bit because Brady's been taking um taking less money on his contract. You don't yeah. see that on other quarterbacks. You see all these other big time quarterbacks taking up most of the cap space on these NFL teams. So it's gonna be kinda of hard for every single team or certain amount of teams to pull mm. up these um super type of teams. In the oh, NFL, yeah. you, you got to get it while you can. You know, it could be everybody's always worried about getting hurt. So get that guaranteed money and get as much money as you can, as we saw with Brandon Marshall talking about that this week. You know, get your money. Football is also a game of attrition um, in the sense where, like you said, injuries injuries happen all the time. You can go from being a you can go from being a great looking team on paper mm-hmm. to a team that's out of the playoffs at the right number of players get hurt in the right, you know, the right situation. Yeah. And, and, and the, like the risk Seattle. of injury, right. The risk of injury is so high in the NFL. Like you need to acquire as much talent as you possibly can, as much high level talent as you possibly can, because there's no guarantee that you're going to be, you're going to have those guys for 16 games. Well, you know, if you have guys for 16 games, it's great. You know, the same thing can happen in the NBA. Yeah. Right. Which is, which again, this is, this is why I would say, the buyout market it makes sense for both sides because you know the Brooklyn Nets aren't able to you know hover they're not able to to withstand 23 games missing Kevin Durant if they don't have Kyrie Irving if they don't have LaMarcus Aldridge if they don't have Harden if they don't have all these guys they can't withstand that and that's the reason why you acquire as much talent as you as you can but the reality of the situation is is like this is this is what 
you still got to play them games. You still got to play. Right? You still got to play. You still got to go out there and do this. Um, and my last point is there was a person on, um, I think, Brian Windhorse's podcast, uh, Hoop Collective podcast, that was talking about the buyout, the buyout market. And he basically, he basically summarized it by saying, you know, if Blake Griffin can win you one playoff game at a minimum salary, he's worth the cost, right? He's worth the cost, whatever, whatever the cost is, if, if his value is, he can, he can help you win one playoff game. You have made, like he has met his, he has met his value for your team, for the Brooklyn Nets. Mm -hmm. I would argue in the same way that Anthony was just talking, that there are other players that could do that. You're just tying it to Blake Griffin because he's better than all of them. And, and Blake Griffin is low. Right, you know his name. And Blake Griffin is doing Blake Griffin is lowering his value in order to be that guy for the Nets. And that's the piece of it that just feels dirty to me. Because <laughs> because come <laughs> July because come July, Blake Griffin is going to be up. a free agent and he's gonna and, and, and a team is gonna look at him and go, Well, hey man, you took the minimum to go over there and play. You know, why don't you take the minimum and come and play, you know, come and play with the Hawks? And he's gonna look at them, he's gonna laugh in their face. <laughs> like, no, because I'm Blake Griffin. Well, you wasn't Blake Griffin when you went to go play with play with Kevin Durant. With Kevin Durant, when you went to go play with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, where was all that humble what was humble Blake then? He might be on the team next year with the mid level exception. Don't sleep, because that's still a six or seven million dollar deal, I believe, yeah. right now. We'll see. We'll see. So, okay. Moving on. And I know you got the NFL mock draft teed up for us, letting me know that the NFL draft is only a short two twenty days away. April, Thursday, April 29th. Two more, three more weeks, and we'll be at the NFL draft. So, Ant, hit us with your top ten for your mock draft. Well, it looks like my mock draft just got reset it on me. I was just playing around a few minutes ago, but I can easily put that together. I got. Let me see here. Did y'all even do any draft, or was it just me? Because it's just a couple of days. It's just a couple. Well, of this is away. your this is your segment. This, this is, is your segment. this is your time to shine. You're an NFL special. We'll yeah, play the game later. I have my I have my mock, but I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna step on you. You're you're the Mel Kiper of this show. Yeah. Oh wow, I'm the Mel Kiper in this thing. Okay, yeah. so yeah. I, I, I you're got also the, obvious... the oldest of the three of us, so that works because you're the Mel Kiper. <laughs> <laughs> and very similar hairstyle as well. Mel, exactly. Well, since this thing, whole, the whole thing resettled on me, I did have, quite the, obviously, I had um, Trevor Lawrence going at one, Zach Wilson to the Jets as number two. Mac Jones, I'm going to have going to the um, San Francisco 49ers as well. Been going, going back and forth, a lot of people have been saying a lot of things about this. I, I can actually see it happening. As far as for the Falcons, they're going to go for best player available in my in my mock, so I'm going to have him taking Kyle Pitts on that one. That quite... He's the best. He's technically Kyle Pitts is basically the best player in my opinion, the second best player in this draft. So this is definitely going to go to them. As far as for the Bengals, they definitely need a left tackle. So I got them going getting Penny Sewell. As far as for the Dolphins, I have them getting Jamal Chase, one of the best wide receivers that did not play this year. As far as for your Lions, I had them trading out with the Patriots. I forgot how much what picks I actually used on that. Sorry, Malik, but they traded out on that. Patriots traded in because they needed to jump over um, the Broncos and they didn't really need to jump over the Panthers because Panthers now got Sam Donald now, but they jumped over there. Patriots get, came in and wound up getting, um, what's the name? The quarterback, um, Justin Fields from Ohio State. After that, I had the Panthers. They needed a left tackle to protect Sam Donald, actually try to make him look like a star because, you know, they traded three picks for him. So I got him getting, let's say, what's that tackle name? Rashad Saylor. 
from um, North, Northwestern. I don't know if y'all heard of him. Slater. Yeah, Rashawn Slater. Slater. Yeah, yep. Rashawn Slater. Then I had also Denver coming in. They they pull a surpri- one of the surprises up there, and they wound up getting Trey Lance. And as far as all Dallas, I wound up getting giving them Patrick Satan, even though I saw today that Jerry Jones said that he likes um what's the name um God, wide receiver. I, no, no, Kyle Pitts. He actually said that he actually liked Kyle Pitts. There's oh, no I bet way. he does. He, there's no way Who that doesn't? the Cowboys is going to move up from ten all the way up to get him. There's no way. They're saying no that he's what. the best overall player on the draft. A lot of people are. So yeah. if he goes past what what I find interesting is that in this draft, he's best overall player, and yet the teams ahead of them are still gonna take three quarterbacks in a row. And more importantly, you're taking another quarterback who's only played one double A competition, similar to Carson Wentz, a dude with a strong arm, who won a national championship the year before against James Madison by running sixteen times. Mm-hmm. So quarterback you, league, my friend. And yeah, that's, a, that's the thing about it. I only know that because I will watch. I'll watch the Division Three championship game. I don't give a damn. I'll sit here and watch the Stag Bowl. I don't know if you saw it in um in our own group chat, but I wanted yeah. Cal Pitts so badly to the Jets. I didn't care if they took him at two. I wanted. I, I didn't mind keeping Sam Donald for another year just to get Cal Pitts on my team. Listen, there's something about taking a great wide receiver or a great player that high. If you're telling me I can draft the next Tony Gonzalez or Antonio Gates, who will play 15 years for my team and is one of the greatest people at that position ever and a, an amazing athlete, uh, yeah, I'm here for it. I don't need to have a great quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I, I mentioned, uh, you know, Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco earlier when we were just talking before we really got into the topics, but I just need someone who's good enough. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we, we, we can make this happen with some different QBs. I think you need more talent around them than you need actually at quarterback. Well, I do have this little trivia to throw at you that I looked up earlier today. But who did um, you have taking Justin Fields? I just wanted to check on that. Again. Oh, that, that was the Patriots. I had them moving up, trading with the Lions, and having Justin Fields and perfect to be right under um, Cam Newton. So you know, as a backup there, so he could take over later on this year. Okay, good. But right. my trivia is that there was actually only. For the last couple of years, whatever, there's only four tight ends that have been taken in the top ten. Two of them went to the Lions. I don't know if Malik would know who they are. I know them. I know one of them. <laughs> Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. And, and TJ Hawkinson. Yep. Yeah, I know. And the other, the other two um, tight ends I was nasty. taking was Vernon Davis and Kellen Winslow. Well, I knew Kellen Winslow, but I yeah. didn't know Vernon Davis went that high. Although, yeah, Vernon Davis, Vernon Davis walked in at University of Maryland that good, which is kind of crazy. So that's yeah. how crazy and special Kyle Pitts is. And then I didn't realize Vernon Davis was still in the league up until was it last year? Mm-hmm. He's still playing. And yeah. I'd like what wasn't he on the team that he was, was on Washington? He was on the football team. No, but wasn't he on? Did not he, not last year. He played with Kaepernick. Am I mistaken? <clears throat> he did. He was, he was yeah. He was playing with Kaepernick. Yeah. Feels like played a decade ago, and it was like it's been four years. Yeah. He was in the Super Bowl in 2012. And he's still in the league, which eight years in the NFL feels like an eternity. Yeah, Vernon Davis has uh, been around a long time. Yeah, we drafted Eric Ebron before Odell Beckham Jr. I just, just want to say that again. Yeah, uh, yeah, was, yeah no. that was kind of upsetting. <laughs> were, those, were those the Matt Millen years or were those the guy that just left? <laughs> um, those weren't Matt Millen. Those were... Oh, no, if Matt Millen was there, he would have taken Matt Millen was he gone. loves wide receivers. That's true. Matt Millen was gone by then. Um <laughs> And it wasn't Bob Quinn either. It was the the regime before him. Uh, uh, don't don't remind me about well, Eric Ebron. 
Who do you have on Bears <laughs> taking in the first round? I had your Bears taking the defensive tackle, actually. Um, Are you serious? Name? Yeah. To well, I know we lost to Keem Hicks, but he's going to um, be healthy to go play for another quality team. We're just Google um, Christian, um, Christian Baltimore from Alabama. That dude is a beast. Okay. I like a that good defensive a tackle. I'd like to see the Bears get a wide receiver, being as, you know, we're trying to develop a quarterback or have more talent around our QB because that was the last time Andy Dalton was successful. So it is what it is. But my latest mock I missed out on Kevin Mond by one shot. I had Washington taking him, the Washington football team taking him at 19. I could see it. I could see it. Unfortunately, we made the playoffs, but I'd rather make the playoffs than not make the playoffs. I'm not here. I'm not one of these fans that's like cheering for tanking. I'm sorry. I care more about the players that are on the team than who could be on the team. Like, I'm not, I'm not that dude who's like, oh, we got three first-round picks? Oh, that means we're trash. <laughs> that means we were trash last year. How many games we lose? All of them? 13, 14? Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm protesting this season. No, you're not protesting. Your team sucks. You don't want to watch these games. That's what you're doing. So yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather go nine and seven. Like, if my team's bad, I'm not going to be like, well, Let's start winning at the end of the season, like Jets fans. Like you, this whole season was like. That's, I was man, about to say that's a Jets fan Lawrence. tradition, right there. We we just we suck for Sam. We lose for Lawrence. You know, we you do that's everything, the, whatever. Yeah, but I, I don't want to keep losing. I don't want to keep losing. Like if the Bears were like going to be terrible, fields, you know, be awful. Get Justin Fields, turn it around, or Trevor Lawrence. But like, if we're not going to be one of the three worst teams in the league, we better make the playoffs because being the fifth pick in the draft is not a guarantee. You know, it's the worst. It actually, guys like end up sixteen, seventeen, or whatever. First round picks are first round picks. Like there's only but so many of them in the NFL, and with all the college talent, it's usually a five star guy who gets recruited who ends up being a first round pick. Like there are guys who they know, they kind of know you're going to be in the NFL or in the NBA from like crazy enough, like seventeen, eighteen. There are guys who are going to college who they know, yeah, they're going to play in the NFL one day. The um, Jabril Peppers of the world, who have basically right. been the men that they school since like their junior year of high school or sophomore year of high school. It's kind of wild, but like. You know, he's, he's going to be in the NFL for a good eight, nine years. It's going to happen. So everybody who's getting drafted in the first round is nasty. It's just how good are they going to be with their team? How much does it fit with the culture and how they're going to use them? Yeah, speaking of nasty, I had um, for the Dolphins, they, they first two picks, I basically had them taking Jamal Chase. Then I had them swinging back over and getting um, Najee Harris. And I was, I, you know, as being as a Jet fan, I was just crying my, my t- I was just crying in tears because I can see them destroying the Jets every single week, every single Sunday. They, they face them. But as long as they're better than the Pats, I bet you'll be okay with that. No, I won't. <laughs> I, I, I don't root for. I don't want none of those teams to be better than the Jets. I, I'm wait, I'm waiting for the day that the Bills start to start start to crumble now. Just want to see something happen. You know, uh, you need you need that one of those um Deshaun Watson tapes to go out for um what's name Josh Allen right now. Oh boy, <laughs> need somebody well, to come I mean, out of them. <laughs> I mean, look to all you Jet fans out there that are listening. Um, I hope that you guys are happy about the Sam Darnold trade. Um, and I hope you're happy with where you land. But I, I, I want to be realistic with you all to realize that the trade for Sam Darnold was to get the draft capital necessary to develop a team, which probably means that the expectation is that this team is going to be bad yeah. for another couple of years. Well, you still got Makai Becton, so whatever quarterback he's a good piece. you get, he'll he's be a healthy. Piece. He won't right. be hit. Right. 
So he's that. a piece, right? There's pieces, but this team is a long – I mean, the, the trade of Sam Darnold for all those draft picks that they got and all the picks that they've acquired over the last few years shows you that Joe Douglas and the team is interested in a rebuild, not necessarily a long build, you know, because these picks are all within the next three, three, three years. But it's not looking like it's going to be a quick turnaround uh, for the Jets. Uh, and then, 21 picks, too, in the next two years. Yeah. Well, I will so, say this. My favorite as a Bears fan is the fact that Teddy Bridgewater will now become available, and we can trade our backup quarterback for their backup quarterback so that he can coach up their rookie because, you know, you need a good vet like Nick Foles. So, come on, Carolina, give us a call. We need Teddy Bridgewater to push, uh, you know, Andy Dalton just in case he falters a little bit. We need someone else in there who can actually, you know, make some throws and make it happen. Just in case. It's take over. Just in case. He falters. It's when. Just just in case. It's when. It's when. Week two of the preseason. He's although, been to the playoffs all, more times than, uh, than although, the you know what? the past 10 years. Although, you know what? No, I, you know, wow. I, I actually take that back. I actually take that back because Andy Dalton and the, on the Bears is the type of situation where the Bears go to the Super Bowl. This is, a, this is the type of situation where the Bears have the best defense in the world. Andy Dalton plays just good enough for them to go to the Super Bowl and get, and get, and get waxed by, whom, by, by the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> this is exactly what will happen. This is, this is exactly the type of situation yes. that will happen. It'll, it'll, if you guys go to the Super Bowl, it'll, that's, this is exactly, exactly what will happen. Andy Dalton will have, the year, have, have, have a career year. Mm-hmm. He'll be the Red Raider all over again. And this is what this is literally throwing Allen Robinson, throwing 30 be, TDs to Allen Robinson. He'll throw, he'll throw a bunch of touchdowns. You guys will look fantastic. Khalil Mack will be the defensive player of the year. You'll get to the Super Bowl. You'll get smoked by Houston, by, 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 uh, by Kansas City, who will win their next championship. And then, and then what's going to happen is Ace, mm-hmm. the team's going to double down and give Andy Dalton a four year contract. And oh, that's no. over. No. That will be. Not he's crazy. got a four-year, $72 million contract with $55 million guaranteed. That's he's going to be like, what's the name from Minnesota? <laughs> Mark my words. Mark oh, my, my words. God. Well, listen, that's why I want Ted Bridgewater, because he knows the NFC North, at least. He's played against all these other teams. And he's got starting experience. Now, his knee is rebuilt, but clearly our, you know, the coach. He's good. Does not want a uh, – yeah, he's good. The coach doesn't want a running QB, and Teddy Bridgewater won't run. He's not going to run. And you give him somebody to throw to, you know, it'll make it happen. I just feel bad for um, Christian McCaffrey because he keeps getting these, you know, uh, I'd say mediocre QBs after Cam. And it's kind of been all downhill for him. And he's kind of an all-world player. Like, he could be an NFL MVP. And he keeps getting these, I'm not saying Darnold's bad, but we don't know how good he really is. So, we'll see. We'll find out this year. Yeah, he'll have the tools around him. He'll have the players around him. I think they lost Curtis Samuel, but they have another wide receiver down there is pretty good so we will see i would just like to be a fly on the wall when donald got traded i wanted to be a fly on the wall in robbie anderson's house because <laughs> i don't know if he really wanted him or not but didn't anderson to be look a... he looked amazing last year with carolina didn't he, mm-hmm. he was let's see how, let's see how those numbers go back down to you know how it was before pre-carolina see what happens you got to chalk that up to the adam gase offense as well Okay, you know they both played under um, Jeremy Bates too, right? <laughs> uh, you know, coaching factors in a lot because I will say this: Cal Shanahan has made every quarterback he's ever coached amazing. Um, Garoppolo is mediocre to average, and I feel like if Cal Shanahan was the Bears coach, Andy Dalton could get us to the Super Bowl. Real talk. So I don't know. 
But moving on, we're going to do our NBA picks. I was able to get all the spreads. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games for you this week. Only one double-digit spread, one of the late games. We're going to get it started with Orlando Magic as the home team and the Indiana Pacers visiting them. And, oh, wait, am I on the right one? Yeah, this is the right one. So for April 9th, Friday, 7 p.m., Indiana Pacers going to Orlando. Indiana is only favored by four and a half. I'm going to be taking Indiana as my lock of the week. My first one right out the gate. I'm taking the Pacers. And who you got? You're not going to take the magical Orlando? Uh, Orlando is intentionally trying to tank, which is why they traded their three best players on the team. They traded away, was it Nikola Vucevic? They traded away Aaron Gordon. They traded away Evan Fournier, who's been stinking it up with the Celtics. So, yeah, I think they're going to lose. Indiana's still trying to make the playoffs. Uh, Karis LeVert's actually playing for them, so good for him. Glad that he's healthy. Beat cancer just to come back and play in the same NBA season, which is amazing. And uh, Demonis Sabonis was talking about on the trade block, but I think they're going to keep him for a while. And, yeah, this team may actually go to the second round of the playoffs. Well, I know it's not about winning and losing when it comes to betting. And I'm a little betting man here, you know, so I'm going to go against you on this one. I'm just going to take Orlando just for, for, for giggles. Okay. And I'll make that my locker week just for, the, for fun. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you, uh, you know, losing your money because the Magic are going to get housed. Yeah, but we can see what happens because, you know, the Magic will actually. Do you know who the Magic's starting point guard is for this game? Mm, not really, but we'll okay. find out. <laughs> All right, Malik. Um, I'll take the Pacers. Um, I'll give the four and a half. I, the only, the only, the only, the only thing I have to say about the Magic is: Did you happen to see Cole Anthony's highlight? Um, he's back. He's back playing with the team. I believe he would be the starting point guard for this team. This, this for the for the Magic right now. Okay. Oh, um, and Cole Anthony had a really nice highlight. Uh, I believe either last night or a couple of nights ago, um, where he kind of just showed, he showed things that he was not able to show at North university of North Carolina. And he showed in one move to me, he showed why he was highly touted as a top level uh, pick coming out of, you know, when he was a high school player and why he probably should have been the eighth overall pick to the New York Knicks uh, in the, in the draft. Um, it was a, it was a really, really Orlando nice take him because Orlando, he went higher than they, yeah, he went, he, he went, no, he, yeah, he went, he went like 15 to Orlando. Oh, really? Well, yeah. we'll be topping. I don't know. We'll be topping was, you know, look, topping. the Knicks, the Knicks have shown more than any, more, the Knicks have shown thus far this season that what they need is a playmaking guard, what they yeah. needed and what they have needed for a long time is a playmaking guard. And maybe if they knew what Julius Randle was going to become. They would have gone with a guard instead of going with Toppin at number eight. Um, you know, obviously there was an assumption that Julius Randle was going to be a a trade piece of some sort, and you would have to build and you would build around you know a young a young player like Toppin at the four position. That has changed. Um, but shout out to Cole Anthony. He showed he showed. I mean, you, if you check out the highlight, he uh, it was a it was a just a really nice hesitation dribble that you know he showed change of pace he showed change of speed he showed you know um a really great handle ability to get to the bucket um it was it was everything that you 
we would need from a from a player of this type um and from a scoring combo type guard and uh you know it's just showed something that my team the knicks our team is yeah, uh Listen, they are sorely like- missing <laughs> are sorely missing and so uh yeah shout out to him but uh yeah give me the give me the pacers don't worry, the Knicks are going to get a child Gilgulis Alexander soon when OKC realizes oh, we can't build a team around him because we're just going to be a trash. I'll homework. take that. And he is, he is a star in the making. Yeah, he's right. good. Next up, we got the Boston Celtics hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Boston Celtics are giving eight and a half to Minnesota. Minnesota seems to be winning a couple of games here and there, and they just got D'Angelo Russell back. So with Kemba Walker playing every other game and Jalen Brown not really playing as great as he can. Tatum's trying to carry this team. They still don't have much of a center. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and now D'Angelo Russell. I think, unfortunately for Minnesota fans, they're going to win a bunch of games towards the end and not kind of tank it out to guarantee another number one overall pick. So I'm going to take Minnesota to definitely cover this game. They might even win it, getting eight and a half. Spread started at nine. It might go back up again if everybody keeps betting on Boston. So I'm going to take Minnesota early. Yeah, so give me the T-Wolves. Well, I'm going to take Boston just because you took the T-Wolves. All right. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm playing opposite day. Do the opposite of Anthony here because he's clearly trying not to win money. I'm going to win money. I'm going to walk out like I won the, quite the jackpot of lotto here. You know, <laughs> you, you, think I'm, you think I'm playing? I, these two games is on lock right now. I got it on lockdown. Don't worry about that. All right, Malik, who you got? Well, um, I would be rolling with you, Ant, and taking the Celtics on this one. I did watch them play against the Knicks, and it was not a pretty game, even though they were able to pull it out. Um, the reason why I'm, I'm interested in the T-Wolves and the reason why I'm going to pick the T-Wolves here is nothing to do with Towns. I really like where Anthony Edwards is taking this team. I mean, Anthony Edwards is already showing a level of responsibility and ownership and uh, accountability um, he called out his team a couple of nights ago for not playing, you know, you know, top level, not playing the type of defense necessary to win a game. And, and so maybe this team is, you know, maturing uh, in the right way. And with the, t- the level of talent, again, when you suck as bad as they have for so many years, you know, you get the draft at the top of the draft and you get to pick a lot of a lot of guys. Um, three number one overall picks on their team. Yeah. And so like you get to you get to make a lot of selections of, of, you know, a lot of top level players. Eventually it's got to come together or you got to blow the whole damn thing up. And so, you know, hopefully it comes together for them towards the end of the season. So I'll take them to cover. I actually don't think they're going to win the game. I think Tatum has a good game because Minnesota can't defend anything. Um, I think Tatum has a good game. Brown has a good game. Smart has a good game. And uh, the Celtics oh, win, but I, I will take the cover. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Anthony Anthony Edwards is not stopping anybody. He's just gonna have a couple of nice highlights and probably he's gonna score a little bit. Um, but I, I don't see I don't see Minnesota winning the game. I just see them covering. I got you. All right, now we got our hometown New York Knicks hosting the Grizzlies. The Knicks are home underdogs, getting one and a half. The over under is the lowest out of all the games we have going on tonight. Is well going on tomorrow night. Eight o'clock game. I think it's going to be. That's not going to be on ESPN. The Boston Minnesota game is going to be on ESPN, I believe. That or Sixers Pelicans. Over under for this game is two thirteen and a half. And I'm taking the Knicks as a homer. They've lost two games in a row, two really close ones. I think they're a better team than the Grizzlies. John Morant isn't. Uh, he's playing pretty good, but I think the Knicks can beat them. We just need another big game out of RJ and a consistent good game out of Julius Randle. 
So I'm going to take the Knicks as my second lock of the week right here. And Ant, what do you got to say? Yeah, I got the Knicks as well because I'm I'm not going to go betting against the Knicks, especially against the Grizzlies on this one. And for the listeners, this is definitely going to be tonight's game for y'all guys because I know this is going to be posted tomorrow for us. So it's tonight's game. Oh, yeah, tonight's game. Let me point that out. It is already after midnight, so technically it is going to be tonight's game. Well, it's midnight for y'all. It's 1129 in San Antonio. Um. I'm actually going to go against the grain here. I'm going to take the Grizz. Um, the one thing that the Knicks have shown me so far this season, I've watched pretty much every game, is that they play enough defense to keep the game close. They, and they have trouble mounting an offense in the, in the late, late, late uh, situations of the games. Um, they have trouble actually putting an offense together to score buckets when it's necessary at the end of the game. And so if I have to, you know, hitch my wagon to a team like the Knicks that doesn't seem to be able to put it together, you know, because they lack, they either, either Randall's still nursing the injury that he had earlier in the season, or uh, <clears throat> they just lack the playmaking ability at the guard position um, because Alfred Payton is Alfred Payton. Um, then, then honestly, I'm just picking John Morant versus the field. And that, for me, means that I think that the Grizz can win this game, and I think the Grizz will win this game. And, again, it doesn't hurt me too much just because you know that the Knicks, if the Knicks play hard, they do what they're supposed to do, I'll, I'll be perfectly fine being wrong here, but I'm going to take the Grizzlies to, to win and to cover and to get out of New York, uh, get out of New York with another, another W. All right. Next up, we got the Pelicans hosting the Sixers. The Sixers laying seven and a half. Joel Embiid is going to play. The Pelicans don't have either LaMelo Ball, and they also do not have their other point guard, the rookie. You mean Lonzo Ball. Lonzo right. Ball. Yeah, La- yeah LaMelo is also not going to be playing for them either, but neither will Lonzo is actually <laughs> on the team. Very good point. Too many of these Ball brothers. I'm glad all three of them didn't make it because that would have been a problem for me. And then they also don't have their backup point guard, which is Alexander. So the Pelicans have no point guard. So I'm taking the Sixers because a team like that needs to, someone to actually pace them. And Zion might have a good game. And I believe Brandon Ingram's playing with a knee injury. So he's a little hobbled and playing against high-level competition like the Sixers. I expect the Sixers to kind of run this team off the floor, even though it's on the road. So give me the Sixers, and I'll lay the seven and a half. I know I'm taking a lot of favorites tonight, but I don't know. It's just what I'm feeling. But you didn't take Boston, so you didn't take all the favorites, so, you know. Yeah, I think the T-Wolves are better than what they're, they're putting up. And anytime you have a good big against the Celtics, they seem to do well. And Boston's dropped a lot of games to um, pretty mediocre teams. And the fact that they can only beat the Knicks by two points lets me know they're not going to cover an eight-point spread against Minnesota. Ah, see, little nuggets for y'all, but I'm still going with Boston. That's great. Who are you picking in the Sixers game, though? Oh, that's the part that matters. I'm picking the Sixers as well. Right. There's no need to go any further than that. Of course I'm going to pick the Sixers. All right. After all that Malik. explanation about no point guards. Malik. It's a, it's a clean sweep, and this is my first lock of the week. Um, I watched, sadly, the Pelicans get beat by 30 against Brooklyn. And that was a that was a that was a was a horrible beatdown. And that was a Brooklyn team that did not have all of their stars. I mean, they had Kevin Durant, who only played 19 minutes off the bench, and yeah, they had uh, right. And they had Kyrie. Um, they don't have they didn't have Harden. 
this team, the Sixers team is fully healthy um, or as healthy as they've been in some time. Yeah, I don't see, I don't see New Orleans doing anything to stop that. Good luck Zion, though. I mean, you know, he, he should have a good game regardless, you know. I bet you he wish he was on the Knicks, though. I tell you that right now. I bet you he wish he was a Nick. He really <laughs> he was going, that we was going to get the number one pick. He should have been a Nick. I'm sure, he, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure he was looking forward to it. It still might happen, man. It still might happen. They might have to blow this up. I wouldn't, I wouldn't assume it's going to happen before he's, like, in year seven. That's true. We can wait. I got time. I'm patient. <laughs> we had so enough I. time. I just got my vaccine today, so I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to survive it. All right. We got the Hawks hosting the Bulls at the next game, 9 p.m. The Hawks are giving three points to the Bulls. Bulls just won tonight by a solid 10 points. The Hawks aren't playing a back-to-back. This is the toughest game I think to pick this week, and if I really didn't have to pick it for the podcast, I probably wouldn't. But I am leaning towards the Hawks at home. Ever since they fired their coach, they seem to have turned it around. I've been playing a little bit better team ball. And, um, you know, my man is passing a lot more. He's not trying to showboat or nutmeg people. Um, you know, Trey Young? Trey Young, yes. He's actually playing a little bit better as a teammate. He's actually giving up the ball more. Danilo Gallinari's playing his role as a scorer from the wing. They finally sh- uh, sat down Kevin Herter. And, you know, it's, it's, it's making for a lot of more interesting games there out of them. So I'm going to take... I'm going to go with the Hawks, barely win this, maybe by four or five points. Give me the Hawks at home for the win. And Yeah, I'm also taking the Hawks, and I'm taking it um, with the points as well. I just don't like the Bulls. I never have, never will. So I'm just going to go with that. Give me the Hawks on that one. Just raw emotion, huh? Yeah, just raw emotion. I just hate the Bulls. I hate, I hate that version of red in basketball and everything. I hate, they, right. I hate their logo. I hate the mascot. These are two red teams. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that's yeah. why I said that version of Red. <laughs> and and I hate their mascot. actually playing real well. It's a good thing um, Atlanta did not trade him. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no that's all right. You know, you was interrupting my um, non-factual stuff or that of putting in the reason why I'm picking the Hawks. But I'm just, <laughs> I hate the Bulls mascot. You know, whatever. But anyway, give me the Hawks on this one. Malik. Uh, Chicago. Give me Chicago. Um. Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, I feel like the Bulls, the Bulls got to turn the corner at some point in time. So give me Chicago. I'll take the three. I like the Bulls point guard, Colby White, more than I like um, Trey Young. I got He's played himself out of the rotation, actually. He's not actually, he's not actually playing right now. You're, you're telling me they're um, starting Sadoransky? Yeah, actually, I'm telling you that. That's not a move. That's, that's not a move you want to stick with, friends. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the – ooh, next game we got – we got the Nuggets hosting the Spurs. Spurs are getting seven points. I want to take them, but the Nuggets have been looking real tough these past couple games. Ever since they got um, Aaron Gordon, they have, uh, you know, they've been giving them some work, and they literally just beat the Spurs by 10 points uh, tonight. No, on Wednesday. So this is kind of a double back-to-back with the day in between. So the Spurs had the time to think about how badly they lost by 10 points. So maybe they can cover this game, but I highly doubt it. I think a lot of people are going to take the Spurs to cover, which might drive the spread down. But right now it's at seven. If it gets down to five and a half, I put the Nuggets as a lock. So I'm going to take the Nuggets right here as a, I guess, yeah, I'll take the Nuggets as a lock. That's how little I believe in the Spurs. They got too many people out. They don't have enough small forwards, and they really don't have a big man. And with um, 
the MVP level ball that, you know, Jokic is playing, like who knows what can happen. And Gordon is really playing some lockdown defense. And with him on DeMar and DeRozan, I can't see the Spurs getting much offense going. So give me this, give me the nuggets. And yeah, as for me, you know, I know this, this might not have nothing to do with gambling or whatever like that, but I kind of live in San Antonio. So I'm not going to be picking against the Spurs on this one. Give me, give me, I'm going with the all in black, black and silver, black and white, whatever. Give me the Spurs on this one. They're going to beat down the nuggets and I'm taking the points on this one. That's my lock of the week. You know, you know, nobody on the pod knows where you live, right? It's not that they're going to be coming to your house. I say, I kind of say it every week that I'm in San Antonio. Okay. But they don't know where in San Antonio. It's a city of a million people. Hey, whatever. If people recognize my voice and, you know, they'll find, they'll find me somehow. And you also don't leave your house. So, you know, that's hey, the hey, other hey. thing. It's, it's COVID, you know. <laughs> right. Give me the Spurs in this one. And the points. And the lock. Spurs, his, his second lock of the week. All right, Malik, who you got? Um, I'm going to take the Nuggets. The Nuggets are the better overall team playing playing better overall basketball, and they have three legit, you know, um, players at the top of their three, – three, three if you count Gordon. If you count Gordon, Gordon's got the team playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's playing well on defense. Uh, he's – taking a step back on the scoring role, which is good because he doesn't need to score as much as he, um, he had to in Orlando. Um, so he's able to focus more on the defensive side of the ball, which is what his calling card was really coming out of Arizona. Um, when he was drafted, he was more of a defensive uh, athletic wing type of guy. Um, so he's able to kind of, you know, fix, fix himself back into what he used to be. And it's it's boded, it's boded well for for the team. Uh, I'm really interested in watching what Denver's Denver's doing, and uh, I don't think that the Spurs will give them much of a challenge. So I'll, I'll give the points and take Denver. Spurs right. are still winning that. Next up, we got Bucks Hornets. The Bucks hosting the Hornets, giving eight and a half. Giannis uh, did not play tonight, so he may play at home on Friday night. I don't know. Maybe it was a rest game, and they're more worried about beating the Hornets than they were about. Their game tonight, but eight and a half is still a lot, and I think the Hornets can cover that. So I'm going to take the Hornets. Give me the points. I'll take the Hornets on the road against the Bucks any day of the week, especially getting almost nine points. And the Bucks ended up losing to Dallas on the road. So with a back-to-back, I will definitely take the uh, I'll definitely take the road team coming in, getting a large point spread. So give me the Hornets plus nine. Lock of the week. Last one for me. Okay, give me also give me the um was it yeah give me the Hornets on this one. I'm taking that and they're taking the spread on this one. That's my uh, what's it? This is my third lock of the week. Yep, that'd be I'm taking third that lock. Yes. All right, Malik. Um, <clears throat> give me the Bucks. The Hornets. Hornets are very good. Sorry. Okay. The Hornets are they're just not. They're just not. I mean, they're they're, they're not very good right now. I mean, I, I, feel, I feel bad. They're they're really injured. <laughs> Lamelo Lamelo balls out. Um, Malik Monk is out. Um, yeah. Gordon Hayward's out. Like they they don't have a lot of their players. And they're two games I, above five hundred. Well, they're they're treading water. Um, they won their last game. Yeah, they won one. That's it was nice. against OKC, but they that's still nice. won the game. Yeah, that's nice. Um, they did they're not lose very the game good. before that by 30 points. But they're they not very win. good. They're playing against the Bucs, and the Bucs should be able to beat them even if Giannis doesn't play. Yeah. That's it. That, that, that's, that's the long and the short of it. If Giannis plays, it's a really it's, – it's, 
if Giannis plays this, if this Giannis plays, be, this, yeah, this should, go should, be, should go up. This spread should go to the roof if Giannis, if Giannis plays. If Giannis doesn't play, then eight and a half. I, I'm still cool with the Bucks winning this one. They got PJ Washington. They got Devontae Graham. They got Rozier. I don't know. You may be right. They may not have enough, but I'm still I'm still sticking with my Hornets. My Hornets. I'm still sticking with the Hornets on the road. Oh yeah, oh, you, your you Hornets. take them. You keep them. Michael Jordan's Hornets. How about that? <laughs> we got the Warriors at home for the 10 p.m. game hosting the Wizards. Somehow, some way, the Warriors are only giving four and a half to the Wizards. I guess they're counting on Curry not playing. I guess someone else is hurt because um, the Wizards are one of the few teams in the NBA who have not won 20 games yet. Uh, I believe they're one of three teams in the entire NBA who have not won. No, I'm sorry. One, two, three, four, five, six. There's six out of 30 teams who have not won 20 games, 52 games into this season. And Washington Wizards are one of them. Um, The Warriors have already won eh, a smooth 24 games. So I can't see how they wouldn't win by more than five points at home unless Curry is not playing. And even if he's not, I can't see Russell Westbrook keeping this close because he keeps getting triple doubles and keeps not getting it done. The Warriors were able to beat the Bucs about three days ago, so they've had three days of rest. I, th- I could see Curry playing in this game with some more rest. So give me the Warriors. And if you want, I'd add this on for a fourth lock of the week, but I'm not going to be greedy since we're only picking three a week. So Warriors minus the four and a half. Take the over at 240 and a half. They're going to be a lot of points in this one. Go ahead, Ant. Yeah, I can't um, stick my neck out for um, two magical fantasy wizardy type of teams. So I already did that already with Orlando. You know, it might, it might be biting me, but yeah, I think it might bite me behind. I think it was a genius move. I might look good later on. But I'm going to go with the Warriors on this one. If I had a lock of the week, I would do I'll do this as well. But I'm taking the Warriors with the points on this one. All right. Leak. Locking in the Wizards. Give me the Whoa. Wizards. Locking them in. Wow. Westbrook's going to have a 35-point triple-double. Against Steph and, Curry. And Bradley Beal is going to have 30 on his own as well. Um, okay. Give me the Wizards. Give me the Wizards. Beal hasn't been scoring as much with uh, another all-star on the team. Or no, he hasn't. All-star. No, he hasn't. Which is but, odd, right? You thought it would have improved his game. Well, you know, uh, Russell Westbrook is a high-usage player. He's a little bit ball-dominant. So, you know, uh, it's probably Beal's, – Beal's getting less isolation opportunities. Um, so that's probably what's, what's leading to it. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to take the Wizards. And uh, Who's the starting center for the Wizards again? Who is the starting center for the Wizards? Exactly. It's a good question. I don't, I don't, I don't, who's starting center, who's, who's starting center for the – for... For the Warriors? Uh, no, Robin Lopez is the starting center for the Wizards. James oh, that's good. Wiseman. <laughs> James Wiseman, number uh, number two overall draft pick, is the starting center for the Yeah, Wizards. he's not playing very well right now. And then behind him, you have uh, Kevin Looney. Oh, and Eric Paschall. Can't wait till Kevin Looney gets in the game. What, so if the Wizards that? win this, would it, huh? should we change their name back to the Bullets? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, well, I'm calling them the Bullets because Russell Westbrook is always coming out firing every game. So we know what it is. But, um, yeah, Kevin Looney. What's, why, why, why do you like when Kevin Looney gets in the game? Kevin Looney. Sorry, not Kevin. Be- Come on, Looney. Because yeah. he is I, – I think there's only one team he could play for, and that's, that's the Warriors. <laughs> I think the Warriors love him. The Warriors love him. He, he kind of got a contract, so I think that's – <laughs> No, he's five years in the league, by the way. 
Kevon Looney is is the Golden State Warriors. Herb Williams. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. They're going to go through a – I'm telling you. He's going to play 16 this, seasons in the NBA. He's, he's going to play 15 years in the NBA. He's only going to play for them. And he's going to get traded or cut like seven different times by the team. He's going to go to another team. That team's going to cut him, and he's going to come back and play with the Warriors. Is he going to be an assistant <laughs> coach exactly. for like 19 years for no random reason? That's exactly what Herb Williams' That's life was. Herb. <laughs> exactly. He's going to be the Herb Williams. Hey, he Herb. Is Herb, Herb Williams, Herb Williams Herb. carved out a good career – by just 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 hanging in with the Knicks, allowing the Knicks to trade five million, allowing the Knicks to just trade him whenever they needed to. Like, hey, you can put me in a deal, trade me. I'll get cut over here, no problem. And I'm never never gonna play over there. They'll cut me, and then I'll just come back. That's Kevon Looney. <laughs> All right. All right. And the last game of the week, we got the Clippers hosting the Rockets. The Rockets have surprisingly actually won their last couple of games. They don't have the worst record in the NBA. That's still held by the lovely Minnesota Timberwolves. The Rockets beat the Mavs at home, which was a huge upset, and they are now getting 13 and a half points on the road against the Clippers. Um, hey, what team they beat? Ex- they beat the Mavs. Oh, man, no wonder Puzzingas was upset. Dang, I, know. I gotta get back to him. The Rockets are plus 600. Now, unless somebody's hurt on the Clippers, which I did not see, although Patrick Beverly did get kicked out of this game, the Clippers just beat the Suns at home by 10 points. So they, the Clippers could easily rock the Rockets and beat the brakes off of them. So I really don't know how to pick this one, even though I shouldn't even be wavering about this. But for some reason, 14 points just seems like a lot. It's like when the Jets were getting 17 points during the regular season. I was like, oh, no, they're going to cover. <laughs> and I think they will because the Rockets are good for losing, but they're not good for losing by a lot. They've lost a lot of their last games, but the last game they lost by more than 15 points was at the Celtics, and that was uh, off of a back-to-back. And with time to rest, I think they keep this close enough, just lose by 10, maybe even five points, keep it close. Clippers will take it easy on them. So give me the Rockets to cover. They'll lose by a dozen. Rockets. Man, I'm not wavering nothing. Give me the Clippers and give me the points. Call it a day. Done. <laughs> this is a beatdown. Next. <laughs> All right. Malik. Look, the Clippers just beat the the Suns by 10 points at home. But they had to try to do that. They were they were hustling. They are not going to allow the Rockets to do anything to to even make this to even so sniff and make this close. a game. No, no, for what? Because they'll what? be tired. Beat them by 25. They gotta go. Beat out and party. Them by, Beat them by twenty five and then go part. You can beat them by twenty five and take the fourth quarter off. Like like you can beat this team pretty easily. Um, yeah, give me give me the Clippers. Uh, I'll give the points and this will be my third lock of the week. I would like to point out that the Clippers did lose to the Orlando Magic at home. Yeah, the Orlando Magic. That all they would, but they go. Rockets will get their bonds beat tomorrow. The Orlando oh, Magic sans Aaron Gordon, sans Nikola Vucevic, sans Evan Fournier. A dead clock is right twice a day. It happens. You know, it, guess what? As it bad, happens. As bad as Houston is, they're still not as bad as the Magic. So I'm, I'm sticking with my bet. Please do. I need to catch uh, up. So do that. <laughs> and speaking of catching up, I'm going to run down last week's record, which will add up to our season record. I went 5-3 and three and picked every single game exactly as I did. So Anthony also happened to go 5-3. and three. Yeah, you stole my sheet. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. That's what it was. I could have sworn I had it maybe here. And it An- maybe Ange pick first next time. I don't know. <laughs> but we'll see how that works out for him. Malik went four and four. 
as usual. And on our best bets, I did two, got two right with the T-Wolves and the Jazz, lost one with the Bucks. Um, Malik got all three of his with the Knicks, the Heat, and the Blazers. And Anthony did the same exact as me. With oh no, his his was the Heat, the T Wolves, and the Blazers. So Ant was three and zero in his best bets. Malik was three and zero in his best bets. Three and zero over here. Um, you're not in the three and zero club. No, but I am forty and twenty five on the season. Hey, you had to rub that part in. And Ant is sixteen and seventeen on the season because he missed a bunch of weeks. But Ant Malik is at twenty one and twenty six, right behind him at forty four percent. So we'll see how this shakes out. Hopefully, we can get another good uh, six and one week out of these eight or nine games, maybe even a good seven and two weeks, I'll be able to get some of these picks in tomorrow after work. So let's start with some shout-outs. Ant, you ready? Yeah, the only shout-out I have to give is to Sam Donald. Hopefully he has a good career. I will give a shout-out to um, Christoph Zingas, but, you know, once again, he's kind of hurt. Uh, Billy, did you get your ball? He said he was going to sign and send it to you. He was going to send it by UPS. I don't know if it went through or not. Uh, I sent I uh, it it did it came into actually the box came in the UPS um UPS today and I returned it to sender because the 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 from address did not say kneecaps Przingis he said Chris Stapps his name is kneecaps he needs to send it to me under the correct name so I can take a picture and put that on Instagram so do not be sending me Chris Stapps is not your name anymore if you if you're talking to me kneecaps that's what you're saying that's that's your name <laughs> mm. Lovely, lovely. But yeah, like I was saying before, shout out to Sam Darnold. I'm gonna miss him on the Jets. I'm, it's kind of it's kind of a sad moment that we actually had to reset this because of poor. I only say poor management. I just say poor ownership because it goes down to that. That's all it really was with the Jets and so many bad teams. It's the same exact things over and over. Hopefully, he has a good career in um, Carolina. But shout out to him. Let's see what else was gonna happen for with him for the um, next few years. Hopefully, he's still in the league. But anyway. He'll be around Anybody for a minute. Um, I'm going to go next. Shout out to um, the the reality show that is Married at First Sight. I really enjoyed this. I don't know why I enjoyed the, the messiness of it so much, but it is so funny. Me and my wife are now watching recaps of that show. It has actually brought us closer together during the pandemic. So shout outs to y'all for putting on two lovely seasons, New Orleans and now the show that is Atlanta. Chris, Paige, y'all provided so much entertainment. Hopefully Paige is moving on to bigger and better things in her life. And shout outs to me getting HBO Max free of charge. The person who hooked me up with that password, you are a legend, my G. So I appreciate that. And uh, shout out to my Knicks. Hopefully y'all going to win a game this week. And shout out to Luka Doncic for somehow finding a way to lose to the Houston Rockets to being not even the best point guard in your own state. Shout out to you, Malik. Um, I don't really have much this week, man. Um, but no, uh, shout out. Shout out to, I don't know if you guys have seen this, as uh, a recent clip of Shaquille O'Neal, uh, who went into a jewelry store recently, and he paid for another person buying, a guy was there buying a, an engagement ring for his girlfriend. I heard about this. And How much Shaq the paid rent? for it. I don't know what the, I, I don't know. He just, you know, just I don't oh. know. He got that much money. He doesn't, nobody cares, right? He just gave yeah. it a black <laughs> That's true. The guy was oh, buying his ring. It. I know he got it. 
the guy's buying his ring and you know buying the ring for his girlfriend or whatever and for his hopes to be fiance. Fiance. Yeah. And now now here's the question. Can can she say no? Because like, uh, like, yeah. like, you know, Shaq gave me this ring. Well, first yeah. off, first off. If she says no, he Shaq just gave this dude like five grand. If Shaq buys the ring, but if Shaq buys the ring, is it Does technically not even? It it's it te- is it technically not even his ring? It's technically not even the guy's ring. I mean, once he gives it to his woman, it's great. But um, it is. Yeah. You know, what he does? What he do with his says, money? Because he was in no, that store in the first place. That's true. So he gets to keep that cash. But if she says no, if Shaq. You know, does this go back on Shaq's card? Like, did Shaq use a debit card or a credit card? Shaq uh, points. I didn't see the card. Shaq, but Shaq has that American's first black card. Come on now, we ain't no freaking five miles or nothing. This is American's first black card. Fair enough. Okay, but go ahead, Malik. Yeah. So shout out to him. I mean, you know, obviously it's just great to see you know moments like that. You know, um, Shaq. Uh, I've got an anniversary coming up soon, so um, you know. Holla at your boy. Just, just saying. I'm just saying. You know. And where, where can you find you on Twitter? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. It's, it's all the same, man. Mr. Nick, Mr. Nick on Twitter. You can find me, Mr. Nicholas147 on Instagram. I'm around. I'm around. And if you need, I'll come to you, Shaq. Don't worry about it. I, I will come to wherever you are, my friend, right. to uh, to get this hooked up. TNT, the TNT offices are in uh, are in Georgia. I'll come to Georgia. Don't worry about it. I, I mean, I'll be there soon. Don't worry That's about right. it. Like, just, just hold off. I'll be there. I'll be there real soon. What you could do is you could pay for my house. Like that would be amazing. Oh, because the house payment's gone. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, just 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 a couple months, just a couple months. Um, also, just overall, shout out to Major League Baseball. Um, I'm glad that the MLB is back. And although we don't pick it on this uh, on this show, and and we probably won't be doing much picking, uh, shout out to my Yankees being back in back in business. And Yankee Stadium's open, and you know they're allowing some fans to come back. And once this vaccine is 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 in my system and I'm good to go, I will be back in the Yankee Stadium. I will be watching some games this summer, so I cannot wait. So shout out to Major League Baseball for coming back and uh, bringing that excitement back into my life. And shout out to me to being a fully vaccinated man. Very happy I got my second dose and. I'm going to be out here, man. I'm going to go to a Pats game. I might even go to a BC Eagles game next year. And I might go into the uh, evil empire that is the Boston Red Sox home stadium and watch them lose some games now that they trash. Because I wasn't definitely wasn't going to go in 2018 when I moved up here and it was winning World Series. So I will definitely go and watch them lose a couple games this season. So shout out to them for being trash again. I really enjoy that. I don't know why, but of all the teams that I root against, I really enjoy rooting more against the Boston Red Sox than any other team. <laughs> Shout outs to y'all for being terrible again. So you're gonna pay them just so you can, so you can, so you can mm-hmm. enjoy watching the yeah. blues. And I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to a Red Sox Yankee game decked out. These these oh, I don't yeah, know that, yeah. that might be kind of dangerous this year because a lot of yeah. people have some pent up anger, especially during the pandemic. I heard about everybody shooting down in uh Florida during spring break. So who knows? I may or may not do that. But uh no, I'm gonna wear my red I'm gonna wear my A Rod jersey and I'm gonna be out there. So I'll be all right, I'll be good. So check for me out there um, at Aaron Teed on Twitter. Y'all can find me at Sports God Picks. Listen to us and find us on Podcast Attic, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts. And uh, I think we're applying to be on Pandora. So you can check for us soon there. It takes like a month. So who knows when we'll get on. But we're moving up the rankings. Give us some reviews, five-star reviews, Podcast Attic. Check us out. Peace. Peace out. Peace.